Welcome to Voices of E-Learning, reflecting the people living and breathing the future of education and online learning with your host, J.W. Marshall. Hello and welcome everyone to today's podcast episode. I'm J.W. Marshall with MarketScale and we're glad that you joined us today. We're going to take a little bit different approach to today's episode and we're actually going to hear from our audience and from some experts on a couple of different questions that tend to be uh, reoccurring on the episodes if you're a longtime listener. And so we've got some great feedback from uh, everyone that's uh, out there in the ether uh, that they'd like to give their feedback on. So today we're going to have a mixture of uh, different experts, different fans of the show giving their input, and we hope you like what we put together for you. Our first question is going to be talking about what trend in education our audience is most excited about and why. First up, we're going to talk with Angela Arnold at Overdrive Education. We're most excited about the focus on reading. Many K-12 schools are moving away from anthology reads in favor of standards-based literacy programs that engage students through compelling, real-world content. Increasingly, students are reading rich literature and complex texts that build practical knowledge, great books written by diverse authors. Reading for literacy not only supports proficiency, but it also fosters social-emotional learning, racial justice, and equity. Ebooks and audiobooks can make it much easier to provide opportunities to read anytime, anywhere. Next, we're going to hear from Dr. Karen Aronian, educational consultant. Learners' expectations have changed this year in regard to the quality of e-learning. Now more than ever, we're looking for quality platforms that truly deliver results. And this has been difficult in the past to measure. However, there is evidence-based research that points out which e-learning platforms and companies are truly delivering a quality product. What does that involve? Interaction with the students, a quality content that really excites them, great customer service from the company, and the ability to deliver information on a multiplicity of devices, and metrics for evaluating, is the program working for each student on a personalized level so that this can feed assessments and students' work going forward. For this question, we'd like to turn to Gordon Drummond of Sessions College. I'm excited about how the pandemic is causing a reassessment of the value of both classroom and online learning. And I think it will create a market pressure to improve the experience on both sides. On the traditional college side, students are questioning the value of classes when they're not able to take advantage of bundled services or the total experience that's available on a campus. On the online side, the mass migration online has caused consumers to ask, is this online learning? Is this effective? How can it be more effective? And critically, what should online learning really be like? So for schools and companies that are innovative, I think there's a terrific opportunity right now to engage and re-engage with what learners actually need and deliver it online. Next, let's hear from Lisa Ferreira at WGU. Given the sudden and immense change in our educational systems this past spring, institutions had to pivot quickly. 
and there became a collective move to adapt teaching and learning modalities and approaches that, in many cases, had not been altered for decades. Thus, there became this need to experiment with the adoption of edtech tools, services, platforms, and learning models to meet not only the needs of learners, but now faculty, parents, and other stakeholders to find the right experience design that could ultimately meet the learning objectives. This shift from tradition to rapid experimentation and iteration of teaching and learning strategies and services is one mindset that we think will stay. Institutions and educational systems have underserved entire segments of their learner populations for far too long. And this pandemic has instigated the need to reconsider and redesign what the needs of modern learners truly are and how institutions and organizations can and should support them. Without pervasive efficacy research available on every single educational product, tool, service out there, we hope this willingness to participate in rapid experimentation and continuous evaluation on learner outcomes creates a long-standing shift that embraces an experimental approach to educational innovation. Another great response to this question about future trends is Mike Logan from Trox. It may come as a surprise, but I find myself most excited about mobile hotspot solutions. Devices are great when they connect online, but access to internet is not readily available for a lot of students. Mobile hotspot solutions allow any student to connect to the internet from any location. This enables students to remote learn in places like community centers, local churches, friends or neighbors houses, really any place where they feel they can focus on learning and improve their chances of success by advancing their education. Hotspots may be one of the greatest resources we have in our fight against the growing digital divide. Speaking to the roadblocks question is Stephanie Kennard of Ysoft. One of the barriers for e-learning is creating curriculum quickly that engages students. It's easy to become bored when you're sitting in front of a computer just listening. That's why we've developed our B3D Academy, which gives teachers 3D lessons that cover STEAM subjects. Each lesson includes all the material to do 3D projects. While a teacher may print the final 3D model, students are the ones creating the models. We also asked our audience, what is the biggest roadblock facing organizations that are trying to make this transition to e-learning? The pandemic has thrust many educators into e-learning all at once without giving them the chance to experiment with large-scale implementations. Oftentimes, this means they're making critical infrastructure decisions for the school district without having had a sufficient trial to know what's important to them. For example, in our experience with K-12 schools, as well as colleges and corporate libraries, our partners have shared the importance of making the user experience of reading an ebook or audiobook as easy as possible. Of course, when purchasing digital books, finding the right books in a choice of pricing models is also a factor. However, we know that students will be immersed for hours in a good book when that experience is easy and satisfying. Next, we're going to hear from Dr. Karen Aronian, educational consultant. The biggest roadblock facing organizations that are trying to transition to e-learning today is engagement. We know that up to 70% of the polling and research reveals this. So what must the organizations do? Keep it simple, prioritize your content and make sure that content is going to be attention getting by hiring performance based teachers 
who are able to share in the same way of the Vanna Whites of yesterday and the social media stars of today and make sure it's easy to implement on all tech devices. And finally, test that it's working. Get feedback so that you can re-begin again better next time. And some of our listeners and our experts uh, were so excited that they forgot to let us know who they are, but we'd like to hear from them as well. Uh, This is a great response around the roadblocks. The biggest roadblock we face is addressing equitable access to the internet and the tech needed to facilitate e-learning. This gap in access is called the digital divide, and it is vast. 14 million Americans still lack access to high-speed internet. Closing this divide, providing access to high-speed internet to everyone is necessary for every learner to benefit from e-learning. I think this is the biggest challenge because none of us can address this issue alone. Individual educators can't make a sustained difference. If we are serious about increasing equitable access to e-learning, we have to close the digital divide. Federal and state governments should look to support our social safety net with investments in fiber optic, cellular, and satellite networks. Educators should unite in raising the issue of access to be sure everyone is able to tap into the power of e-learning. And my take on this question about the biggest roadblocks is number one, digital equity. We really have made some great strides in the spring and the summer and even this fall to reach 100% of the students that need devices and connectivity, but we're not there yet. There's still a lot of work to do, and hopefully we can continue that good work this fall and be ready to go in the spring uh, or at least be ready uh, by the fall of next year. Number two is professional development for instructors at all levels, for teachers, K-12, for professors at the university or college or trade school level, for professional adult learning instructors, for businesses, uh, and even for parents. We've got to do a better job of training and instructing and providing online resources and courses for those instructors to then be able to be the most efficient and effective with these new technologies. We're excited about progress in this area, but this is going to be really paramount to the success of e-learning and learning in general moving into the future. Our next question asks, is e-learning here to stay as a core component of learning or will it return to more of a supplemental role post-pandemic? Learning online is here to stay. In fact, OverDrive has been supporting digital media for almost two decades. However, what's different now is that schools can rely on digital learning platforms as their primary resource, instead of viewing it as a nice-to-have supplement for curriculum development. For example, schools that relied on print trade books for language arts instruction might also have offered our digital books to supplement student choice reading. Now, schools know they can successfully go 100% digital for that required reading. No print, no problem. As the education world shifts its perception about digital tools, ebook adoption and use are going to continue increasing. E-learning is here to stay as a core component of learning. It will continue to supplement post-pandemic as we have seen the benefits of offering online content and courses 24-7 where we can easily distribute this learning and make it available 
for people who want to continue to work from home or for that matter, anywhere. There is also a great opportunity to distribute this information into every corner of the earth. And no longer do we have to have the logistics of getting to a classroom or a lecture hallway when we can simply sign on and pick up our lecture online. There is equity, of course, in education this way. There's monetary savings. And ultimately, we get to gauge how we're performing through metrics involved with e-learning. This is Lisa Ferrara with WGU Labs. As part of the College Innovation Network collaboration, WGU Labs is guiding a multi-phased needs assessment approach to uncover the critical challenges at partner institutions and how those challenges affect the needs of each stakeholder. What we found to date is that institutions are able to seize this opportunity of rapid change to redevelop their strategic direction and a commitment to focusing on challenges surrounding e-learning, for example, that will be the most successful not only during the pandemic response, but beyond this COVID storm as well. And that will largely include continued exploration into e-learning solutions to meet evolving student body needs and demographics, working learners, learners who are reskilling or upskilling, and finding ways to create additional opportunities for education. However, additional needs that contribute to successful learning are also surfacing in our needs assessments, and they should be receiving more attention than they are. Faculty training on instructional methods and strategies, for example, um, ways to develop assessment strategies that fuel personalized learning and or developing learning models like competency-based education. These are all crucial components to effective teaching and learning, regardless of the instructional modality. So hopefully renewed efforts and focus around supporting efficacious implementation of e-learning strategies and solutions will remain. And regardless if an organization decides to continue with e-learning as a primary or supplementary component, we hope that that renewed focus on training and development around teaching and learning strategies is here to stay. Our next question asks, how have learner expectations changed this year in regards to the quality of e-learning? Learners expect instant gratification in the same ways they do from other digital experiences such as games or social media. Those interactions are fast, simple, collaborative, fun, and delivered right in their hands. They support exploration, discovery, personalization. Plus, games and social media allow students to curate their own journey through content. I'm a mom of two kids who can attest that not all social media or games are great, but I think there's a lot to learn from those kinds of interactions. So I think we should be asking how EdTech can support curriculum while meeting the expectations of learners, learners who are already learning how to win, share, like, and create in other digital venues. Hello, this is Gordon Drummond. I'm the president of Sessions College. From my institution's perspective, the pandemic has made students and learners more aware of the importance and the value of e-learning. It can be safe, it can be remote, it can be convenient, just-in-time delivery, and it can be socially distanced. But it's also made learners more critical in terms of demanding results. Is the e-learning useful? Is it applicable? Is it a good experience and worth my time? I believe that increasing demand for better e-learning solutions will create a tremendous opportunity in the next few years for higher quality providers of online education or skills training. Learners' expectations have changed this year in regard to the quality of e-learning. Now more than ever, we're looking for quality platforms 
that truly deliver results. And this has been difficult in the past to measure. However, there is evidence-based research that points out which e-learning platforms and companies are truly delivering a quality product. What does that involve? Interaction with the students, a quality content that really excites them, great customer service from the company, and the ability to deliver information on a multiplicity of devices, and metrics for evaluating, is the program working for each student on a personalized level? so that this can feed assessments and students' work going forward. My take on how learner expectations have changed this year in regards to quality is really uh, an evolution from the spring where expectations were low and uh, everyone was very forgiving. Uh, but over the summer, things started to turn a little bit that the expectations rose. And now this fall, I believe that Overall, the expectations are pretty high, uh, maybe a little too high uh, on this quick turnaround uh, of this digital transition. But learners are now expecting um, really quality engagement, quality uh, instruction, and a, a quality hybrid learning environment that is very difficult to achieve. So um, kudos to all of the educators out there every day fighting the good fight and working to provide the best experience and the best uh, resources for their students. Uh, and everyone out there listening, if you're on the learning side, please give those educators a little bit more uh, leeway as this is a really tough uh, transition that doesn't happen overnight or even over three to six months. Um, and if you're on the, the educator side, uh, you know the expectations are high and thank you for doing your best to meet them. And some of our audience was so excited to participate, they forgot to let us know who they are, but this was such a great response on the future trends. I am excited about the trend toward lifelong learning, powered by micro-credentials and non-degree offerings. In a recent study run by Northeastern, 64% of executives felt the need for continuous lifelong learning will demand these credentials to acknowledge more diverse and evolving skills. These credentials will help job seekers and employers alike. And my take on if e-learning is here to stay is, is absolutely yes. Uh, this is going to be part of core curriculum moving forward. In some cases, even more so. In some cases, maybe uh, uh, a little bit less. But really, I don't see it going back to being just a pure supplement. Um, as I've said before on the podcast, I believe we are entering the golden age of e-learning and really the golden age of learning, where we're going to have the best of both worlds. We're going to have high quality digital instruction and high quality on-site instruction or in-person instruction and a lot of the best of both worlds in a hybrid format. So the technology is going to continue to get better. The professional development will continue to uh, teach our instructors how to you know, offer this information uh, the best ways possible of all kind of learning mediums. And we're really going to see uh, this marriage of online and on-site uh, learning come together as it already has started to this year uh, into 2021 and beyond. All right. Well, thank you again for joining this episode of Voices of E-Learning. 
Um, it was a lot of fun hearing from our audience, hearing from different experts on these different topics. We will definitely do it again. Thank you to everyone that participated and for submitting your answers to us. We really appreciate it. Um, and let us know if you want to submit uh, your insights for a future episode. You can email me, jw.marshall at marketscale.com, and we would be happy to uh, talk with you about being a future guest or uh, participating in these type of activities every once in a while. Uh, be sure to tag us in social media uh, and uh, never forget to uh, keep on learning. <laughs>